0: Um, come on, script. Oh, bless. Everybody wants me to verify if it's me. Everywhere you go, verify if it's you. Verify if it's you. It's me. The final countdown. saying In five, four, three, two, one, record. Woo. Woo. Okay, this is episode 208. This is our intro banter, everybody, because we're going. Let's do it. And it's called follow up to inspiration posts because we do not like to say that with the P word. Is there another P
1: word? Another P word that we like to the say, or that we don't like to say, or that can substitute for that word?
0: No, like there's, there's like multiple S words. Like I feel like my kid, my little kids are like, oh, they said the S word. I'm like, what? And it's <laughs> shut up. Sorry, kids listening. Yeah. Which maybe yeah. the title of this, your kids are, I don't know. I don't know who's listening. Anyone can listen. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, there's multiple S words. I see. I mean, I don't what, know if there's another what, P word.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Do we have a replacement word for this word? I don't know. Not, Not in this context, at least. <laughs> no, we're going to
0: okay. get into it. We're going to get into it. Okay. Um. Hey, guess, you heard, let's get into it. Micah, you're on the script for opening, and then because there was a there was a mystery voice.
1: Oh, good. Oh, um, and I do. I have a mystery Are voice right now. I'm sorry. What? I, yeah, what? What? It's sure? like time. Just got a little cough Stop and a it. chest oh, congestion. Man. Somebody help me out here. So I'll mute when I start hacking, everybody. Oh goodness. Okay, um, guys, we're gonna have fun today. We're going in. We're going in hard. Oh, it's gonna dear. be. Okay. I don't know. About I don't you, know. <laughs> oh gosh! Remember that time? You guys remember that time that I said?
0: All of a sudden, this is like an explicit. All of a sudden, we got to do an R rating on this. I don't know, Sorry.
2: Micah. I feel <laughs> like I feel like Micah. anytime time. Anytime you're doing something extra, like fun, <laughs> it always goes like dirty.
0: <laughs> That's why
2: Or inappropriate.
1: But I'm so <laughs> pure, <laughs> part I really am. That's why it happens because I have no idea. But listen, do you remember that time when I was like saying, "Everybody, let's shoot up, <laughs> shoot yep. up yep. towards."
3: <laughs>
0: yep, we remember.
3: Oh man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, listeners. Josh is going to have so much editing. Just,
2: I think
1: that's probably going to stay. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right. Feel, <laughs> we <laughs> try. I, I try. Right. I try to be fun, but sometimes I'm just weird. Off the script, <laughs> on the cuff. I like oh, it. You are the best. Okay, ladies enough of this. (laughs) Good grief. Let's shout some worth and shift some narratives for people with Down syndrome. Today we're chatting about how some representations of disability can sometimes be harmful. And we're so excited because today joining us is our producer and self-advocate Ashley (laughs) Frakolowski. I said it right, right? Fracolasi. Did I didn't say
0: it right? No, say it. Say it.
1: <laughs> oh, in other words, no. Fracolassie. Okay. Okay. Frackalossi. Well, and there she is, okay. see, even self-advocating for her own pronunciation. <laughs> Fracolossi. Oh And she is here (laughs) to help us break down when the lines of honoring people with disabilities get blurred and crossed in media. And this is such an important conversation and we're really excited to have it. So everybody, welcome to the Lucky Few Podcasts.
0: Like so many of you listeners, when I first learned that I was going to have a child with Down syndrome, I jumped ahead to their future, like way, way ahead to all of those unknowns, and it becomes incredibly overwhelming. One of the overwhelming tasks before us with our child with Down syndrome was a financial plan. A financial plan for Macy and then eventually August and their futures was incredibly overwhelming. I had heard about something called a special needs trust, but I I had no idea what that really meant or where to even start to learn more. So enter enable upon meeting the team there and learning about their services. Josh and I felt a huge weight lifted off of our shoulders to sit down with experts who have created a proven process and they offer one-on-one guidance was exactly what we needed to create a plan for the future for actually the whole family. I cannot recommend enable more please go right now and check out enablesnp.com. That's enable SNP, as in specialneedsplanning.com. This is for all the moms out there. If you're a mom and you're a listener, you're listening right now, this is for you. I want you to know you are a really good mom and I'm not just gonna say it, we're gonna put it on a shirt. That's right. Right now, you can head over to theluckyfew.co and shop our new moms collection, which includes a t-shirt that reminds you, and let's be honest, your kids, that you are a really good mom. You can also find other mama gear like Lucky Mama shirts and Lucky Mama hats. Head over to theluckyfew.co, use discount code podcast for 10% off, that's only for podcast listeners, that's theluckyfew.co for all the mamas in the room.
2: All righty, friends. Okay, let's see here. We have a fun review to read. E. Duncan, 83, says, I wasn't going to listen to this podcast. I didn't want any rah-rah, yay, Down syndrome podcast after our surprise birth diagnosis of our son, Peter. But one day I caved, and now I have three new best friends.
0: Thank you. Get out.
2: This podcast is normal moms thrown into an extraordinary life and how they navigate it and talk about it. I am so grateful for their honesty, humility, and grace. Thanks, friends. You're my good news every Tuesday morning.
3: (gasps) We don't
0: have favorites, but maybe. That is a great (laughs) review.
3: (laughs) I loved that
0: one. The whole review.
3: I don't want to put
2: them on a rating scale. But that was a really sweet one. I love
1: the honesty of- Put that on a yeah. shirt.
0: That would be really funny. And only the person who buys it is the yeah, one who, who left you. the review. We
2: the only could you imagine if that was our new <laughs> shirt design? Just the lucky few bought with different reviews. <laughs> 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 um you guys that was very sweet and such a wonderful read and made my heart happy friends listeners don't forget to leave a review on apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts we love to hear from you and maybe we would read yours
0: all right following requested oh. she follows me
2: <laughs> that just no happened more. live <laughs>
0: live you don't i don't know if that did you just say it i've got to know more <laughs> yes I do.
1: This is what happens when you leave a review. Heather Avis follows you. Where you're critical at first, and then we draw you in.
0: (laughs) I mean, she says we're best friends, so I need to know more about this. (laughs) I need to
1: know my friends.
0: (laughs) Okay, friends. Um, So today, you've heard her voice a little bit here. Ashley Fracolosi and we're, she's going to be joining us. She manages all of our schedules. She gets the episodes ready to publish each week, each week manages the podcast and the Luckview Foundation social medias, just to name a few things. Um, she's not only our producer, but she's also a self-advocate who we've asked to come on and share her thoughts on inspiration porn and represent, representation of disability in the media. Ashley is legally blind, unilaterally deaf, and has several rare autoimmune diseases, she has a bachelor's in communication and media from Emanuel College in Boston and is currently a master's candidate at the University of Southern California Gold School of Law. Woo, girl. After completing her master's, she looks forward to pursuing a career in media law. Ashley, da, 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 da. welcome to Yay. the Lucky Few podcast as a guest.
3: <laughs> Thank you.
0: So fun to have you here, Ashley. Thank you.
3: Thank you. I'm honored to lend my voice to you. Um, a very important conversation, but especially alongside all of you, uh, my friends and allies for sure yes
0: um i'll I'll just get us there. I'm gonna sum up why we're having this conversation. so last week, I posted on Instagram something that was way more provocative than I meant for it to be <laughs> um, and it was a like a black and white it didn't in my stories initially, a black and white <laughs> words only something like I guess I'm gonna look it up and tell it exactly. To be clear, we will not be celebrating a non-disabled person taking a person with Down Syndrome to prom. Hashtag inspiration porn. And then I did a few more story slides explaining that. And then I had an overwhelming amount of people say, "Will you put this in a post so da- stories disappear. So it doesn't disappear. And the next day I put it in a post. And woo, you guys. I It has 1,400 shares. That's a lot of people sharing something. For me, that's a lot of things. 377 comments. And so it's one of those conversations, we've had it here on the podcast before, and I I don't know if you guys get like this, sometimes I get so inundated in the work I'm doing that I forget that I've done a lot of work in the area, and that other people haven't, and not to put other people down. But you know, like you have that conversation, even around Down syndrome, and then someone's like, you're, what you're, what is it, like, you're Downs, baby. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, wait. Yeah, yeah. It's, are people still saying that? Because I haven't, I'm so out of it, right? And so we, I know all of us here have had this conversation. I've done, I've done so much research and reading about what inspiration porn is, where it came from, the history of it, what it means, because I absolutely was one who shared and perpetuated and didn't understand the harm behind it until I took time to understand. And, and all of this is going to sound like the people who don't agree with me are not taking time to understand, and I don't want to communicate that either. But a lot of people, and the majority who pushed back, or felt like what I said was really was actually really harmful, and they don't agree at all. Are parents or siblings of people with Down syndrome, parents or siblings people with Down syndrome, was the majority of the pushback mm. I got, or parents to people to kids with um, intellectual disabilities. Anyways, Ashley and I went back and forth about it. Micah jumped in and said, "Hey, we should talk about this some more on an episode." And here we are. So welcome. And the, and and I've had some conversations with some people. Somebody, um, a good friend of the podcast, a friend of ours who's a parent to a child with Down syndrome, reached out and said, hey, what if we have a conversation and talk about the different views here? Because she has different views than I do. And I said, I'd love to do that. I also feel that it's important to bring a disabled person into the conversation because it can get real sticky when we talk about disability, something that is important to the disability community without someone from the disability community as a part of the conversation. And I think this conversation is so nuanced that that perspective is really important. So then Ashley and I were talking back and forth. And I'm like, Ashley, will you just talk about this? And so she's mm-hmm. here to represent. So here we are.
2: <laughs> we slightly touched on that hot word, Inspiration Porn, when we talked about our clickbait. <laughs> yeah, yeah, episode, episode one.
3: 169.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, Ashley, why don't you jump in here? With some defining some important words and concepts before we start get really into this conversation
3: before I start defining, I'll just say um off of what you just said that I think it is important to say that like we need to give people grace that everyone's at a different point in understanding if they're not disabled, or I will also say or from a minority group, they can't maybe. Understand or come from experiences with, um, inspiration porn, maybe being the person behind the, you know, that's not being honored properly in the video or photo or media. And I, I think that that was especially telling in some of the more hostile, um, comments that were, um, under the post. And I think that's why this conversation is so important and why I appreciate being a part of it as a person um from the dis- disabled community that's experienced it myself. Um, And I will also say that I did not go legally blind until I was almost 18. So I have perspective from both sides and have had to do undoing myself in what I would define disability as because of the things that I was... Taught whether it was intentional or not of what disability is, so um that's how I really start this, but um, I think it's also important to define these things, and perhaps um it'll get us thinking or our our listeners thinking a little bit more about it, but I think it's important to define inspiration porn and Heather did on the slides um and this is the definition um from a south an African- Australian self-advocate, Stella Young. She has a fantastic TED Talk that we'll um, link in our show notes. Um, And she defines it as um, a wide array of media portrayals and uses of disability that share one or more of the following qualities, sentimentality and or pity, an uplifting moral message primarily aimed at non-disabled viewers, disabled people anonymously objectified even when they are named. And then this might be the um one week into law school student in me, but breaking down each of those words. So inspire, the definition of inspire is to create a feeling in someone. And then um, the inspiration, the definition of porn, um, which we got a lot of, there was a lot of comment and sort of pushback about why use the word porn. And I think it's because people are associating that with um, pornography, which is a different definition to porn. Um, so the definition to porn is um, television programs, magazines, books, etc. that are regarded as emphasizing a non-sexual subject and stimulating a compulsive interest in their audience. Um, and then another term that um, I want us to touch on and that I think is central to this topic is unconscious bias. Um, and the definition for that is Our unconscious bias are social stereotypes about certain groups of people that individuals form outside their own conscious awareness. Everyone holds unconscious beliefs about various social and identity groups. And these biases stem from one's tendency to organize social worlds by categorizing.
1: All right. Thank you, Ashley, producer Ashley, Mm -hmm. which is
0: total human nature, right? Like this is within our human nature to do this. And we know mm-hmm. that we, I think mm-hmm. the whole thing about asking for the world mm-hmm. to see our kids with Down syndrome as fully human is to ask them to step outside their human nature towards human betterness. I don't know, towards a growth in in that. Mm-hmm.
3: And we've, we've been identifying this a lot as a society mm-hmm. around race and gender and just equality in general. Um, but I think identifying it and then actually putting the work into it are two totally separate things. And I think that's where where and why this conversation gets people worked up because they're seeing something within themselves that, you know, maybe they've been doing wrong, whether it was intentional or not intentional. So, yeah.
0: Thanks for that, Ashley. Super helpful. I get, I did have a lot of people like, I hate that you call it porn. Mm. Like, oh, gosh, I didn't make this up. I didn't make this up. I didn't make this up. Um, And I can understand why it's really cringy. And that's why it's important to have better understanding. But my understanding is Stella Young, who did the TED Talk, she coined the term inspiration porn. It didn't exist before she Mm -hmm. defined it as what it was. And I think that was in 2017. Is that right, Ashley? 2017? Okay. So it's, it's new. New on the scenes, friends. It's not that many years. Six years?
3: So I want to start out with, we also got a lot of, um well, you know, on your podcast or directed at Heather, obviously, because it's on her page, um, well, you highlight actors and athletes and business owners, models, influencers that have Down syndrome, like, how is that not inspiration porn? Um, I think I'd send them back to read the definition, but um <laughs> I will say that... <laughs> It's not inspiration porn because we are giving honoring representations of those of the self advocates we're hearing their voices their experiences um without i i i don't I'm not sure I want to use the word exploit, but I think exploit is a good word for some um portrayals specifically the the proposal ones <laughs> um because those feel exploitative to me. Um, in, and I, I, I want to say that some, in the prom context that I think while some of them can be, come from a good place and, you know, perhaps that person is friends with that person outside of that, you know, asking them to prom, the majority of the time, it It's not you know, are they friends with that person every day other day of the week? Are they asking them to sit at the lunch table with them? you know are they including them in activities outside of school? like I think those are the questions that they need to ask themselves, and the person that's what you know seeing the proposal video that's being going viral also needs to ask of of that person, not just like, oh, they're so great for asking a person to prom. The person with a disability to prom like aren't they the hero aren't they the you know the white knight coming in to take this person to prom like that person could just go to prom by themselves and have an equally as good time you know like they don't need that person to go to prom with so um and i we also i also saw that um people were questioning how um the avises being in a gap ad also wouldn't be seen as inspiration porn. And um, I'll start by saying, as a communications and media um, bachelor's, someone that has a bachelor's in commu- communications and media, um, Gap is one of the most diverse um, companies for their advertising. And um, mm-hmm. I'll say that that whole com- campaign was centered around belonging and um, a, a child going into GAP when they're going back to school shopping is going to see those ads and they're gonna see someone that represents them or represents their community. And I think that's what's so important um, is representation and the intent of the advertising. So the intent of that advertising was to say, Everyone belongs. Everyone has a space. Everyone belongs in the space. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. No, I think that that's it. And a lot of the conversation around it, a lot of the pushback people were saying things like, well, my daughter was invited to prom. And of course they're going to take picture. My daughter with a disability was invited to prom by someone without a disability and their friends. And of course they're going to take pictures and this isn't a bad thing. And it's like, well, I don't think that's a bad thing either. There was a lot of me being like, wait, I don't, actually don't think that's bad at all that's why the conversation is so nuanced and you have to have an understanding about it and it is right it's one of those things people also said i never knew how to put a word to it i just have seen things that make me feel cringy and it's sometimes it's it's even just that right like i i can think of friends i know who have kids with down syndrome who their older siblings invited someone with down syndrome from their school to prom they take pictures. The parents even say, I'm so proud that my kids did this. But there's nothing cringy about it. They're, like the intent, there's a genuine relationship. There's an understanding of disability. No one's trying to be the hero. Like you can, you can be inspired. We can be inspired by these stories of inclusion as long as the person with the disability, not at the expense of the person with the disability. And that's where inspiration porn becomes really harmful is when we dehumanize disabled people by making non-disabled people the hero by celebrating non-disabled people and it's such mm. a fine blurry line it's a really fine blurry line that I believe is worth the work to figure out in mm. our advocacy I, I think it's I, worth it um my hands raised <laughs>
2: Yeah. um <laughs> I said, I just, um <laughs> I love that we're talking about this because I think it was only like four years ago that, or four or five, maybe longer that because of social media, these things would pop up, you know, a little bit more, probably newer and like, wow, that's so fun. And oh, I love that. And I wouldn't think past that. I think generally when something good, a really sweet story that you're just like, ah, change is happening is how it kind of initially makes you feel right. Change is happening. And I love that the, the school is highlighting this person with down syndrome as their prom King. And then, you know, there's, there's a date and blah, blah, blah. Um, and I had one, I was like, that is so sweet. I had one mom who has, who currently at that time had a son in middle school and she was not impressed by this at all. She was like, I don't know. She had some doubts about like, okay, he's prom King, but what does the rest of his days look like? You know? And at that time, Sunny was little, littler. So she was just like new to school and I hadn't had that social experience yet, you know, of like, um, Sunflower having friends and what that looks like day to day. I think it it really is what's so hard about things like this. And what we're talking about is that it forces you to think out of that feel good feeling and the simpleness in the base layer of, no, that was just a sweet thing. No, that's great. This is positive, right? You're like kind of, you're having to mm-hmm. be a little bit more. If you wanted to, right. You don't, not everybody has to care. Be a little bit more critical about it or like, even like you said, experience on like, yeah, I hope that that's a great thing. I hope that I'm so happy that person got asked prom. I'm so happy that they're the prom king. And I hope that in general, all those peers and students are also their friends Monday through Friday and Saturday and Sunday too, for birthdays, for extracurricular Mm -hmm. You know, and we just, I think what we know and how we feel is that that's not true. And that's actually not happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's what feels really kind of like, "Ooh, I'm not going to support that too much, you know, because I don't okay. want my child to that one time possibly be chosen to be that token, you know, asked to prom or that token prom king. And then every other lunch day, every other day at lunchtime, have nobody really to sit with or be ignored in the hallways. You know, it just feels that way. And I see that now, but I wouldn't have been able to see that. I didn't see that four or five years ago.
1: it feels like the word Mercedes token and maybe part of the conversation of the nuance of it is like, is it a token? Is it a real thing? Um, is it, you know, are they voted prom king because it makes everybody feel good about themselves and it's hard to know. Um, and does it go viral because it makes people feel good about themselves to share it? And that's, I mean, how do, we don't know those things. We don't know the answer to that. I had a really interesting conversation with my almost 15 year old hmm. because I saw Heather's post in the car. <laughs> and so we were driving somewhere and I brought it up with him and I asked him if he'd ever heard of inspiration porn and we talked about what it meant. Hmm. And he was like, well, that's what you do with, with Ace. And I was like, ouch, and he was like <laughs> he was like oh here's ace with his friends and they're holding hands and i put some dramatic music behind it <laughs> and now everybody's feeling something and and i was like okay i will think about that um and so you know it, teenagers and they're they can express things in a way that hurts a little bit. So <laughs> but but I have had to think about it. Like um what is my intent? I I do believe in what I when I share about Ace's life that I am giving people an opportunity to see uh his reality mm-hmm. and see that like <laughs> that his childhood is meaningful and that his life is meaningful and see what it's like for him. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, my immediate thing was like, I have to put music to it because reels are the only thing that's seen right now. Like, that's not fair. But uh, there is something to the music. There is something to like the the manipulation of what you can do on social media. And it's made me take a step back.
0: Hmm. That's so interesting. Yeah, it's, it's so true.
2: For my homeschool group, we just did a study on silent film, and we talked a lot about how, um, like, Charlie Chapman and music, orchestra. I mean, we even feel it when we hear Disney music. Like, you can tell when danger is about to happen or when there's love or, like, music does control emotions, mindsets. It could get you prepared that something's coming heightened or it can calm you and make you feel safe you know oh it's so interesting and scary
0: (laughs) no it's so interesting and I wonder this you guys I would propose this idea or question is how much of it is the responsibility of the viewer right so like you take this story of let's say I'm just going to make one up so that nobody can come at me this is just a made-up story, everyone. And I'll make Macy okay. Let's say Mason gets invited to her eighth-grade dance by a, a kid at her school without a disability, and it, and then I share the story, and it's like this is a sweet story. There's pictures, there's music, there's all that. Okay, what I'm what I'm trying to get past to in in the conversation is there's kindness, there's good intention, and then I need to ask myself what's the impact of all of that on the viewer. So. There's responsibility for me there. But how much responsibility is on the consumer of? Um, So then that story goes viral. And now there's tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people who have zero connection to disability Mm -hmm. who are now watching it. And what's their responsibility in the way that they consume it?
3: I think the responsibility, as, as you said, your intent was, you know, your intent behind it was good. I think what we all, as viewers and consumers of social media, should be asking ourselves is what are we taking away from that video? I think of like the videos you post of Macy dancing. When I see Macy dancing, I'm like, she's got the signature hair flip, That she's got new moves, like she's incredible, incredible dancer. Am I seeing Macy just as a dancer and as a human, or am I seeing Macy as a person with Down syndrome? Oh, she's a good dancer for a person with Down syndrome. I think that's what a lot of people mm. do around disability. That viewing, you know, disability on social media is, or just in general in life, like I know in the blind community, um, it, uh, quite often people like, you you'll be doing something in your daily life or especially people that have, you know, visual cues that they are blind um like oh my god you're so amazing you used public transit all on your own like that's i feel like that's the same thing if you're viewing a person either in a social setting or on social media as their disability and not just them as a human that's where the the problem the problem really is yeah and
0: i think then there is a catch 22 might be the right phrase here it might not of that's also why we need to be sharing. That's why representation is so important. That's why it's important, Micah, for you to show videos of Ace, like right, like that's why we need to see Sunflower at the ba- playing basketball and baseball in the way that she is. That's why these videos need to be out there, and that and it and so that I think is the, why the conversation is so important to me. Is I just believe as humans, and especially as advocates in the space, we. Our kids, those who are advocating for, deserve the, uh, this conversation, and and it's it's a hard one to have. But it it feels like a catch twenty two in that way. Like even after I shared all that and I got all this pushback when I shared that post, then there's things happening in our life that I'm like, well, shoot, I'm going to share this and everyone's just mm-hmm. going to come at me like, oh, this, well, what is this all inspiration porn? And it's like I don't now I don't want to have to talk about it anymore because <laughs> it's so hard. But then I end up, but we're here, we're talking about it, right? Like I'm not shutting down because it's an important conversation.
3: I think too, social media is so important because uh, uh, I'll just speak for myself, you know, that there are different experiences for different, for every person that's blind. No blind person is the same, the same way that no, any other human being is exactly Mm. the same to another. Their experience is going to be different. And same thing for the Down syndrome community. Every person with Down syndrome's experience is going to be different. Their, you know, the way that they interact with the world, their abilities, their, you know, dreams, what they want to do for work, those, that's all going to be different for every single person. And I think, you know, this sort of goes back to the unconscious wise. We try to categorize people so much in our society that, you know, I think it's just get let's get away from categorizing humans just and just look at every single person as a human being. I think that's where you know we need to start, and that's where representation on social media is so important because we're seeing disability just as it as it is as that human's experience and also, um,
2: like you said, Heather, in the beginning, um, it's so nuanced and I feel like, as a public figure, it must be really hard to share an opinion, like an opinion or a new um, way of looking at something, right? Like it just going against the the grain, or what is that one, unpopular point of view, you know? And I feel like that's what it was. It was just mostly an unpopular point of view being. Like shared and then the immaturity that came back of just like questioning then, you know, the work you do is just kind of like what what you're talking about, the human nature. It's like knee jerk reactions um, and like throwing the bathwater or the baby out with the bathwater, you know, like, okay, then what we can't do anything, you know, and it just, well, that just shuts a conversation down, you know? it doesn't, it doesn't create growth. It doesn't create like, okay, interesting perspective, interesting opinion. Hmm. I never thought of it like that. Tell me more. Like I think as adults, we've just, sometimes our conversation skills have just been thrown out when it comes to social media and the quickness of these short answers that we're giving and the banter back and forth. And it's a shame. It's more harmful than good. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I can think back over the years, like when it moments when I have had major pushback or ideas brought to my attention that go against mm-hmm. the way I've been living that make me mm-hmm. feel shamed, right? And no one's shaming me, but my reaction to being called out on something is like, well, shoot, I didn't, that's mm-hmm. not what I meant. And then I get defensive. And so that defensive posture makes total sense. And then I've, there's a choice there to like continue the conversation and to grow because the growth is really, mm-hmm. really hard work. To grow into a better human being is really hard work. And if we're in an advocacy space, as, a, as somebody who is not um, in any more minority group, to be advocating for people who are, it is the hardest mm-hmm. thing I have ever done. And the amount of times that I want to bow out because the light's been sh- shown back on me in the ways of my thinking and my actions have actually mm-hmm. been harmful when that wasn't my intention, and then I feel like terrible, but I don't want to feel terrible, so then I just want to bow out. Mm-hmm. Like in the conversation of race, when we moved cities with our daughter who's black to a more racially diverse place, and we're and we were in community in a very racially diverse community, and the conversation's coming at me, or the conversation's even coming at me that I had the mm-hmm. honor of being a part of that really shone a light on my my un, um, internal bias, right? Like my unintentional bias, my mm-hmm. racism that I'm like, I'm not racist. And then I'm like, whoa, I've never thought of it like that. And yeah, mm-hmm. I, I would rather not be. So when it comes to the conversation around disability, it's the same thing for me. Like everything I've learned about inspiration porn, all of it has come from disabled people. All of it. And to look at a minority group that's trying to teach me something and say, well, that's wrong because that doesn't yes. make me feel good or you're wrong because mm-hmm. that's because you're wrong. It, it just mm-hmm. – there has to be a pause there. And that's been, I think, in 2020, everything that happened with George Floyd yeah. and the race conversation coming up. It's like, well, wait, I'm not going to sit across from my black friends and say you're wrong because this textbook right. says this or you're wrong. Your lived right. experience is wrong. I'm not going to say that to a disabled person because it makes a- – advocates in the space, non-disabled advocates, uncomfortable. This is where my learning's coming from. So could I be wrong? Absolutely. I could be wrong. And I'm still going to lean towards the voices of the people I'm trying to advocate for. That's where we have to be listening.
2: And come along with the Avises on their journey. If they're wrong, (laughs) like, you know, like, I feel like it sucks to be a leader or a narrative shifter. And when you really say something that you're trying to shift, like a huge narrative, you know, like, it's like, oh, I'm going to get big pushback. And this is what I think. And this is why. And I'm listening to the voices that need to be heard. And the voices might, I don't think they will, but tell you something later but and then you'll be like okay new this just in <laughs> we've got new information I don't know like I just feel like as constant growth and hearing people as we all grow I don't know I
0: just I just wish there was grace and pause like you said mm-hmm. Heather just more pause more pause and I think especially like to all I think we have a lot of parents listening and we've said this before. Just because you have a child with a disability, it doesn't undo ableism in your life. I we can't overemphasize how ableism is intertwined in every aspect of our society, and it's not something that instantly goes away. It is a hard work of undoing. Ashley spoke about it as a disabled person having not been and then and then crossing over into that world personally. The undoing that I'm sure is still happening for you, Ashley. Like it's a journey. It doesn't just happen, and we. Our, we have to, I think, especially as non-disabled people advocating for our kids with Down syndrome, to be highly aware of our unconscious bias. And when it, when we're confronted with it, to be learners and to naturally we'll get defensive, but then to lean in instead of push away, um, to lean in instead of shut people out. Because we're, we want, I believe the intentions are good. We want to see our kids with disabilities fully included in this world and embraced and defined belonging but there's no way that we're not going to be faced with something that is ugly in us. There's no way it's going to happen. So then what are we going to do? And I think it's easiest to be like, Nope, you're wrong. I'm out. And then just go talk to people who agree with you. Um, Cause it's freaking hard work. You guys, it's hard work.
3: I think it's getting comfortable with being wrong. Like I think yeah. our society just never wants mm-hmm. to be wrong. Oh yeah. Right. You always want to have, you know, you want to go on social media and you want to have a, you know, really positive, like, do you, I don't want to follow someone that's always positive all the time. Like, let's talk about the hard things too, because there's a lot of hard things with disability, you know, it's not always bright and sunny and, you know, and I, I feel like those are the conversations that like this conversation is one that needs to be had and just getting uncomfortable with it, you know being okay that you're wrong and maybe that you've unconsciously been seeing something wrong is it's it's where you start it's where you start the undoing it's where you start to to see the things that maybe um you didn't see before and that's for sure been my journey with disability and you know I I feel like from a very young age we're sort of taught what disability is and that disability is an other and that that's a different part of our school and that it's a different part of our community. And I feel like that's a lot of the undoing that I've had to do is to be okay with defining myself as disabled. And, um, I don't have outward, um, symbols for people that I'm blind or that I'm deaf. And, um, sometimes I get, if I decide to disclose to someone, it's sort of like, whoa, they sort of like look at me like, And then it's sort of like they kind of studying me to figure out where, what they missed. Like, (laughs) how did I not see that she was blind? How did I not see that she was deaf? And, um, and that's okay. And I'm okay with that because I had no idea till I went blind that, you know, blindness looked different, you know, that there were different spectrums of blindness and that some people use a white cane and some people use a guide dog and,
1: um, some people
3: don't use anything at all. And, um, I, you know, I think being okay with that—we don't know everything—and but being being open to learning is, um, I think, the biggest part. And listening, I think, um, like you said, Heather, you know, being open to listening to the people that are in the disability community community talk about it, um, and actually listening.
1: <laughs> we have um, one of the comments that we got over and over some in many varieties was um, like, if we, you know, when we talk about something like this, people get, when we get outraged over something like this, people will be afraid to do anything for our our kids or for people with disabilities. So then they'll do nothing. Um, And and this is kind of this, I feel like this comment or this way of thinking kind of is, exists across the board um, when we talk about racism, when we talk about sexism, and the Me Too movement. It's like, oh, now I can't ask a girl out because maybe if I ask if I ask a girl out, I'll be sexually abusing her or so. You know, like there's like this very big, um, like wild kind of idea of what,
0: like a generalization, like an overuse, yeah.
1: Yes. Yes. So what do, Ashley, what do you think of this? That, um, if we start calling this kind of thing out, that suddenly people are going to be afraid to be kind, um, to people with disabilities.
3: I I would say that I think that the fear comes from the inability to, to listen. I think Mm -hmm. the fear comes from I think not doing something is worse than doing something. So I think that continuing to share the representations. So I I think continuing to share the experiences.
0: There's a couple of comments. There were a lot of sweet comments on this post and a lot of yes and amens. And somebody pointed out to me, someone pointed out like, have you noticed that none of the people disagreeing with you are disabled? And it's like, yes, I have. And that's, Important. that speaks that says something but someone said he's been following for a long time because I recognize their picture and their username um if I ever saw if I lived in your community and I ever saw your kids on the street I'd be terrified to even interact with them because of the way you'd probably attack me I'm like whoa 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 and I hate that that was a way that people view me, a couple people let me know they're unfollowing because I'm all of, like, I'm just about othering and shaming. <laughs> like you guys, shoot, I don't know if I'm miscommunicating here or what. Anyways, this is, this is getting a little off topic. The thing when I, in an advocacy space and I've, I've spoken on panels about inclusion, like the diversity, equity, inclusion, all that that's going on with different people. So representing disability, disabled people, advocates, people and with who are different races. And, um, the thing across the board is this idea of don't do nothing. You're going to do something in every, and most likely you're going to get it wrong at some point, hundred percent, hundred percent. At some point, you're going to say something offensive, do something hurtful. And no matter how well intended you are. And that is where that's where the, the crux is, or that's where the rubber meets the road at that time. You can continue to learn and lean in. You can say, I'm sorry, I'll do better. And you can keep growing or you can get defensive and say, you're wrong. I'm now I'm afraid to ever approach you in the street. I'll never talk to now my kid with a disability will never be invited anywhere because of harmful things like this, because everyone's now afraid to even say anything, right? Like that whole cancel culture. So you can go either way. And one way is going to lead towards growth and productivity and our collective humanity being bettered. And one is going to lead toward continued division. But I think that reality is you're going to, we will get it wrong. We're going to say something, it's going to be hurtful or offensive. We're not going to mean it that way. And if we have the posture of wanting to learn and be better, then we can say, I'm so sorry. I will do better next time. And then you can do better next time. And I that to me is like this is how we grow as humans, right? Like I'm we're having conversations around our dinner table with Trulie, and she's doing this class skit and they're, they have different characteristics and this one kid's characteristic is dumb. We're like, wait a second. And we have this long conversation around dumb. And she's like, well, no, she said that that's what she wants her character to be. And just like having a conversation with our kids around, I wonder why we shouldn't use the word dumb and truly got defensive, you know, like, cause we're calling her out on maybe this isn't the best thing to do. So it's just like this natural, it's going to happen. But inaction is also a decision, and and that's why this feels important to me. Is I I'm seeing it happening all around the this like inspiration porn just everywhere, especially this season, prom season, and end of the school year and all of that. And it is a conversation that was worth saying something, obviously, for me, because um, the not saying anything would also have been a decision. And and we are in a time right now with Mason that I am seeing firsthand the harm done when when we make when we give accolades and congratulate non-disabled people for their I'm using air quotes kind acts towards towards Macy. I'm seeing the actual harm taking place and Mason being seen as an other because per, because her othering has been perpetuated by the way in which her school has decided to be kind because their kind acts towards people with Down syndrome on campus. So it's it matters. It matters, and it's not it's not okay to to not have the conversation. In my opinion,
3: I think it's important because I know when I have disclosed to someone that I'm blind or deaf that I have a disability, and Perhaps I had an interaction with them before and they didn't know. And then I tell them the interaction becomes different, whether they're realizing that it's different or not. It's almost like they, once they know, it's like, well, maybe I need to be doing something differently. It's not just that they're just interaction me interacting with me because I'm Ashley. It's, well, I need to be doing something different because she has a disability. And I, I think that's where it goes wrong. And then when I do say something, then the person gets defensive. And I think it's questioning why you as the able person, if someone says something to you, that disabled person says something to you, why are you getting to, you know, why are you feeling defensive? You know, even even if it's an unintentionally, you know, saying something or doing something um, like I know even, so I went deaf when I was unilaterally deaf when I was 22. And I went legally blind when I was seventeen, and in between the time before I became um unilaterally deaf, I would have people i would say you know disclose that I was um blind legally blind, and um the person would start like speaking louder to me, and I was like, "Why are they speaking louder to me like <laughs> you know like maybe it was unintentional, but still it was harmful because there was no need to speak louder to me, you know my Ability to understand what you're saying is not going to change by the pitch of your voice. And if I said something that it would become like, Oh my gosh, like, you know, why are you saying this to me? So I I think it's that defensiveness that is rooted in the fact that we're seeing someone differently because they're disabled. And, um, I think that starts at a really, really young age that, you know, we're defining people as different because kids don't really see each other as different. If you think about it until they're like fourth, fifth grade, and then middle school hits. And then we they, you know, school systems tend to um, segregate people with disabilities a lot more. And I feel like the age where it's like the most impactful is middle middle school and high school. And um, people just, they, I think not having those interactions when we're in those spaces as a child impacts the rest of our lives. Um, especially when you go to like employment. And I know even just, you know, talking about DEI, there's, um, boxes that you check and you're, you know, like every other person, you're a, arrest- you know, just a piece of paper on the person's desk that's, you know, going to hire you. And I get conflicted. Do I check the box that I'm blind and that I'm deaf? Because that person's going to associate what they know blindness is and deafness is. By what they've seen in movies, on social media, um, in their own life interactions, if they've ever interacted with a person that's blind or that stuff. Um, so do I want to check that box cause, or do I want to wait till I meet that person for an interview and they're just meeting me and talking to me and then do I disclose? Um, so I think that's also why representation is so important and why social media is so important and why so many self-advocates have gone on social media is because we're giving life to what the experience of each individual person with a disability is in the same way that each individual, you know, influencer that's going on there to put, that putting on makeup. Like that's their experience of how they put on makeup. Like it's the same thing to me that every single person going on social media is giving their own experience, their own life um, from their own point of view but i think and i think the responsibility is not just to the person posting but also to the viewer and the viewer should be asking themselves how they're consuming um that post or that video or that
1: movie it's it's almost time for us to to tie everything up um i wanted to to ask one more question to you ashley that's just kind of what i'm thinking about from this conversation and you know aces is, is a lot younger than where Macy is at this point. And he has just finished this year of being, or he's finishing this year of second grade in an inclusive classroom. And he is the bat boy right now for the second grade baseball team. And so, you know, I'm watching him in the dugout with his typical peers and his job is to get the bats and he hangs them up. And then he like hangs out in the in the dugout with them, which is cool, and they just had to make a rule that you can't hug Ace uh, during the game—only high fives because it's distract. They're all distracted, like hugging him and stuff instead of focusing on the game. <laughs> so, <laughs> which is awesome. Um, and I've been thinking about like, how do like, how do we as I as a parent, how do I build a kind of love and care for ace that is not pitying on the side of these peers that as they you know i'm thinking about what heather said about the kindness awards and stuff like that um i i know that it's a tricky line and that some of the kids who are hanging out with ace you know i already saw at his birthday party the girls who were like it's my turn to hold his hand no it's my turn and i I totally had that fight with my friend Malin over who got to hold my friend Carrie's hand. Carrie had down syndrome when we were growing, you know, like that was a thing. And some of that is, was genuine love. And some of that was pity or like this kind of sense of, I want to be the kindest, goodest girl thing. And, and I just wonder if you have any thoughts about that, because I do feel like that is the foundation of how are we, helping these peers of our kids have a perspective of like, we're building real friendship here and not like kindness award friendship, not like I want to be the one who goes viral for inviting the kid to prom kind of friendship.
3: I, I think we need to give the kids the credit too, that they didn't need to be taught how to communicate with Ace. They know that giving Ace a hug is the way that they communicate with him or a high five is the way that they communicate with him or holding his hand. Um, so I, I think, you know, being open to, I think, you know, we got a, we got a question about how accommodations like in school and, um, sports and those things, um, what isn't seen as charity but someone asking someone to the prom could be seen as charity and i think in the context of an accommodation that is supposed to give you know an equal playing field to every person um it's totally different than asking someone to prom which is what i consider a social interaction and no person should ever need an accommodation to be someone's friend i think that you know just us as humans we figure out person to person, what's the best way to communicate with them, whether not just, you know, understand if someone's nonverbal and someone's verbal, but understanding is does that is that person a talker? Is that person not a talker? Does that person are, you know, are they sarcastic? You know, h- how you perceive how someone you interact with someone. Um, and I think it's just being open to be to listening and learning from another human being. And I think that's what kids are so good at when they're at such a young age is that they're just open to learning and learning from other people. And I think that that's a really great example is that ACE's peers have learned to interact with them, whether they know that they're learning or not, you know, they're just, they've just, they know that ACE might not have, have a lot of words, but they can be in tune with what his words really are by his actions. Um,
0: I think that's, I think that's super helpful, Ashley. There was another thing that I think we can connect to this, that a comment that someone said, this is word for word, friends. Are we supposed to force kids to learn to like disabled persons so they can be included? And I think there's some sarcasm behind that. I don't, I think it was rhetorical. I don't think they really want to answer here. However, there is a sense of yes, like when that's why we do inclusion and that's why we fight for it from the get-go because little kids are going to figure it out and I think there's a second part though, too. And let's be parents who are in tune enough with our kids to say when we get home, hey, I noticed that you were fighting or like you were wanting to to hold Ace's hand and you guys are taking turns or whatever. And I just, I wonder what that, like to talk more about that, to be able to say to your young child, um, you don't, this doesn't make you a better person, right? Like you're not more kind and you're not better because you like someone with a disability, I think that we need to be able to have that conversation with young people because then young people are going to be like, oh, got it, move on. Whereas adults, we just get into it and we have too much happening in our brains or whatever our our adult issues are. But for that little girl, that's why I think this conversation is important. I think that the people who, the students who are asking kids to prom, the students who are doing these, I'm doing air quotes acts of kindness, all these things and getting the accolades, they deserve the conversation of what, why are you doing this? And maybe there needs to be a shift in your perspective around disability and around the person that you're befriending, because it's actually harmful. Can we, can we point that out and talk about it? You deserve that. You deserve that conversation. And that is in the hands of non-disabled people raising non-disabled people. Like I, we can bring it to people's attention, I think, but I can't have that conversation for the kid being nice to Mason who got the paw award who's went home and their parents applauded them you know
3: and i think that's where the kindness award goes wrong is that we're identifying that or an adult is identifying that for a child that that's something that was extra special and that was something out of the ordinary not just that they were just treating that other child as a child you know Right. Which goes back to the definition of
1: inspiration porn, where the person who is centered is the non-disabled person and the person, yeah, the person who's getting all the attention for whatever. And
3: that's where our unconscious bias is developed mm-hmm. because that child was told that that kindness was something out of the ordinary because yes. that person's different.
1: Yes.
0: Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Macy had a, her best friend in second, third. First, second, and third grade was this girl, Maya, who came over all the time. They were they were the best. And Maya's non-disabled. And Maya came over one day and was like, they gave me this, I don't know what the award was, like whatever, this token at lunch today for playing with Macy. And she looked at me like, how should I feel about this? I mean, she was so confused about it. So it was the adults freaking ruining it for her. She, Her friendship with Mason was genuine. And my sharing about that friendship and like gushing over it and saying, hey, world, look at this was because this Mm -hmm. is a great example of what it can be, right? Like this is a great Mm -hmm. example of a genuine friendship and there's hope. Hey, everyone, there's hope. This can exist. So how do we wrap this up with a bow, y'all? Let's bow it.
1: I think we put it on a T-shirt. Okay. Something that Ashley said, which is – wait, now I can't remember. It was like (laughs) um, you don't need an accommodation for friendship. That's right. There's no accommodation for French. It's something like that. Friendship needs no accommodation. Boom.
3: And get uncomfortable. Get uncomfortable with the uncomfortable conversations. It's uncomfortable because it should be, you know, because there's something that you need to learn Mm -hmm. from it.
0: Yeah. And I'm pretty exhausted from it. So I'm done learning and being uncomfortable.
1: (laughs) she's you done guys. for today I'm she'll be kidding. back I'm tomorrow guys she'll be back
0: never done <laughs> can't stop. I'm freaking exhausted let's say that
1: <laughs> All <laughs> right.
0: I'm sure I'm sure this just is going to bring up more and more and more questions and good right let's keep asking yeah. questions Um, we want to be growing and learning alongside all y'all Um, but that's it we're done
1: yeah but we're not going to end there because no. we're going to take a little break and then we're going to come back with our good news because that's how we end this show every time even when we're exhausted heather even when we're exhausted all right we'll be right back okay
0: listener friends can i be really honest here with you all right one of the very best things josh and i have done in the last few years for our family is to sit down with philip clark and his team from enable special needs planning let me tell you more okay So I'm an adult and as an adult, and especially as a parent to two children who have Down Syndrome, I have always known that a financial plan for the future is important. Not only do we want to have a plan for our future, but to have peace of mind knowing that there's a plan in place for my kids with Down Syndrome, all my kids really, but especially a plan for Macy and Augie for their futures when Josh and I are no longer around. The thing about it is I didn't know how to even begin this planning process. When we learned about Enable and we sat down with them to begin the planning process, I instantly had such peace of mind. Not only were we given one-on-one attention with experts in the field, but Enable offers a unique approach, not only looking at the future, but starting with now, present day, with August and Mason and all of our family and how we're going to grow and adjust and help plan for our loved ones with a disability. To sit here today and know financial planning is in place for Macy in August offers peace of mind and an exhale. <sighs> so listeners today, today's a great day for you to start your planning too. You can check out enablesnp.com that's enablesnp as in specialneedsplanning.com. Time for good news, time for good news Everybody welcome to the good news
3: Yeah,
1: yeah Alright, sometimes when life is hard You find good news, good news Sometimes when things are rough, you find good news, good news. Even with my uh, terrible cold, I sing like an angel.
3: <laughs> I was going to say even better. It was even better. <laughs> Gives a character. It was even better.
0: I loved it. Also, <laughs> let's just bring this back up also to what might be our best <laughs> review ever, although we're not saying that. Where she says, You are my good (laughs) news every Tuesday. So, (laughs) I mean, blown away. We do have some good news. Um, This comes from Paige in West Philadelphia, who says, After born and raised, (laughs) after four years of asking to celebrate World Down Syndrome Day in Jaya's public school, she's in third grade. They finally said yes. The whole school is doing wild socks to celebrate and bring awareness to down syndrome. And I get to go into our classroom to read a book and share about down syndrome. I'm so happy that after years of asking over and over again, finally the school is doing something. Thank you for your encouragement to keep trying and asking. I'm so thankful for the three That's of you Great, page. This is great news. Good job page. Keep on keeping on. Sorry that that had to be such hard work. Um, and look what happened. Great job. And friends, this is not an example of inspiration porn. <laughs> this
1: is right. just inspiring yep. and lovely. We're excited for you, Paige, and thankful for you and your hard work. Um, so I mentioned some my good news that Ace is the bat boy for his Little League team. And he is figuring it out. And it's been some fun OT work because he takes the bat and he has to hang it hang all these different bats into their little slots on the side of the fence. And he does it over and over. And he is having a blast being in the dugout with his friends and he's playing catch with them a little bit in the, just on the dirt in the dugout and just enjoying hanging out with everybody. So we've been really happy getting to watch him do that.
0: So good. I have some good news for Macy. Um So Macy as she's getting to be a teenager, I'm sharing less and less and less and less, which is appropriate and it's the right thing to do. And there's so much I want to share. So that's unfair to leave you guys hanging. Something I will share. <laughs> something I will share is the other day I was making dinner and this is actually Mason and August, they both walked into the kitchen and said, "Mom, how can I help?" Wow. Good. News. Good no joke. News. And then they did, and I gave them tasks, and they did, followed through with the tasks and did all the different tasks. That's all I want in life is for my kids to say, how can I help, and then to actually do it. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. Yeah. Incredible. Mother's Day. I do want (laughs)
3: more. Yes.
0: Definitely. Definitely. Ashley, do you have good news?
3: I started my master's in law program online. I'm in the Boston area, so um, University of Southern California is obviously... (laughs) away from me um but i started last week and i finished my first week and it was really good i've already made friends and there's so many interesting people from all different all around the world we have people from tokyo and um glasgow norway sweden saudi arabia um, it's so rad all at different points in their lives and it's just exciting time for me this week and then i came on the podcast so even more excited (laughs) yeah Well, we are really
1: excited that you came on today and we love having you yeah, on. Thanks, Ashley. And I think our listeners who've been paying attention have noticed that you've been around for how many months have you been producing for us? Three?
3: Is that right? Three, Three months I took over as producer um, last year since I started with yeah. social media and then junior producing and then took over as producer in February, I think it
1: was. So um yeah, it's been it's been really cool to get to introduce you to our listeners in person today. So
3: come from behind the scenes.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for being brave and showing up today. (laughs) So um
0: I love it. Um yeah go. Okay. (laughs) Uh,
1: Okay. So we it's time to wrap up you guys. Um, We want to remind all of you, dear listeners, to head over to theluckyfew.co, that is C-O, and use the code PODCAST, that is capital letters, PODCAST, to get 10% off your narrative shifting gear. Do that. It'll be fun. (laughs) It'll
0: be so fun. Put it on a (laughs) t-shirt. Yes. Yes. Yes, thanks Josh Avis for editing the episode and Ashley Frokalovsi for producing producing it Lossy.
3: Lossy. No, which one?
1: No, it's like Lossy, I, mean, right? I do it
0: wrong every time.
3: It's Lossy. Honestly, we're not entirely sure. Like we feel like the last name <laughs> has had an identity crisis because um we ask to ask a real Italian because I think they'd give more accurate. My grandmother found out she was saying her maiden name wrong the whole time. So, um So we say it fracolossi, but I have a feeling it's probably fracolosi.
0: That's amazing! Oh my gosh, lossy. Okay, I did it right. Ashley fracolossi, right here. I'm gonna get it right every time. Mm -hmm. I either get it. I either say fracolosi or lossy, and it's (laughs) lossy. Friends, enough about that. We're
1: gonna think. We're think. We're gonna think floss. That's how we're gonna remember. Thank you. I needed a thing.
0: I needed a thing. Okay. Um, And then, friends, if you like this episode, share it. I hope that you do. I hope that you pin it somehow. I don't know how you do that in the podcast world, but do that. Um, come back to it, share it with your friends and family. Cause I think it's an important conversation that I hope we can all keep having. Yes.
1: Yes. And don't forget to subscribe and don't forget to check out the lucky few podcast.com for show notes to all the things we talked about today, especially if you want to go a little bit deeper into this inspiration porn topic, which is so important for us to, to spend a little more time on. And make sure you follow us on social media at the Lucky Few Pod. Y'all, we're getting so close to 10,000 followers. Let's get there. Woo, Let's woo, get there. Woo.
0: Listener, we're cheering you on. We love you so much. We think you're slaying it. So keep it up. And we can't wait to be together with all of woo. you on another amazing episode next week. Until Do then, it. advocate on. Do it. Do it. Keep learning. It'd be nice to me.
1: Bye.